So good morning and uh, welcome to the Topco Business Unusual podcast. Um, today I'm joined by Issa Suleiman, who's the MD of Woodford's Car Hire and for Why Buy Cars. So I love cars. Why buy cars? But good morning, uh, Issa. So how's it up in Durban? Yeah, Durban was a bit chilly this morning, but it's Warming up now. We had an unusually cold weekend. It's, Did uh, you? It's all good now. It's warming I get up. all these pictures on the internet of all these surfers having these amazing waves, and I always think it's it's June. It's the only place I want to be in South Africa in June and July is Durban. Yeah, they have a good time. Do you surf, love? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I do. My son does. I never well. did that. Didn't you? <laughs> no. Okay, yeah, so I often go to Indonesia. Um, so I, I probably go there once, sometimes twice a year. I love their culture, their whole, their whole Indonesian culture. But so actually, a week before lockdown, I was there. I was in Indonesia, okay. in South Sumatra. Wow, yeah, Indonesia is a great place. I went there for the first time in January. We returned towards the last, last week of January. It was great. My first time. Was it your first? And will you go back? I definitely, I would definitely go back. Uh, Malaysia and Indonesia are my top destinations. Usually we do Malaysia, but uh, we were looking for a change this year. Yeah. I'm really planning my next trip here. Just waiting for October, I think. Are you? Yeah. Are you thinking things are going to open up then? Or hoping? No, I... Well, it's not, it's not such a positive hope. I mean, September and October is still far away, still not, yeah. not nearby, so it's not really so optimistic, but I think it's going to be open by September. You think so? Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, I hope so. I think that one of the things that delights in life is to have goals, and one of my goals is always to travel. Um, I love traveling. I love traveling around South Africa, and I love traveling around the world. And seeing different cultures and different ways that people live, um, and I think you almost you, you uh, enjoy home far more when you travelled as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Travelling is great, but I can only do three weeks at a time. I get homesick. Do you? Three, three weeks is good enough for me. You're spoiled in Durban. That's why you do spoil. Durban is great. We have a lot of everything. Yeah? You can run out into a trail, you can run onto the beach. Durban is amazing. Have you been doing a lot of running or? Yeah, I had a good week. Uh, I had a good week of running. Did Four you? Times. Yeah. You didn't do the comrades with everybody else yesterday. It was the whole. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was glad that they did it virtually because it was like nine degrees and that's super cold for Durban. Was it your. Yeah, I think we had a cold, we sent the cold weather your way because Cape Town was freezing last week, and, but it rained again yesterday, intermittently. Yeah, I've got a heater in the room, I'm trying to keep warm and, uh, you know, st stay fresh. I, I saw this morning it was about 12 degrees, Cape Town. Yeah. But yeah, it's better than last week. 12 in Cape Town, 
and 12 in Durban is different for some reason. I don't know why. It seems to be warmer at 12 in Durban than 12 degrees in Cape Town. We've got the chill factor, the winds and all that sort of stuff. The wind, yeah, the wind makes it hard. So, I mean, we spoke just before lockdown and I came to visit you at your lovely new offices. Um, very impressive. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, we've been working with you guys for well, a, a number of years now. Yeah, it's about five years now. Five years. So, I mean, and, and I think what we've seen from your organization is this massive push for two things. One was customer service and the other one was almost like this paperless drive or technology. So every time we went, there was more sophistication in the, in the car rental business. But I, but I mean, I also didn't realize how much other things that you do. You've got the auction business as well. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so um, you keep things quite quiet, eh? Your success quite quiet. Um, and then we spoke about the, the why buy cars, the leasing business, just beforehand. And you're telling me you're going to do it. And then suddenly you phone me up and you're like, I've done it. I've launched it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, how's this guy? He's, yeah. not, he's not waiting around. He's not talking about what he's going to do. And I think the car rental was one of the worst affected industries and you found a way to pivot into two things, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're doing the, you're doing the now the leasing, but you also, you started up Woodford's car vehicle sales as well. You said opposite the road. Yeah, so that's... We started Woodford Motors. Woodford Motors is a retail used car dealership. That goes back to our roots 31 years ago, even before Woodford Car Hire. And uh, we just started now six weeks on the 1st of May, and it's, it's, been, it's been quite good, more than what we expected. There hasn't been much advertising, or there's been no push. I mean, I didn't even tell you about it. No. But, uh, it's what just is organic. Organically, it's, we didn't see it as a big thing. It's car sales, it's a used car lot opposite the road. But uh, it's been doing well, so now we're actually going to start pushing it. And I think we're busy with why buy cars. So yeah, we did discuss it on your last visit. And we were supposed to have launched that in like September, October this year. But uh, we had to bring it forward, obviously, during this COVID. Yeah. We had to bring it forward. We had to find some way to keep the wheels turning. And that's when we all got together. And within 30 days, we built the system. We put our developers on it day and night. And we launched within 30 days. Sure. So you brought it, you brought it forward. Within a, instead of six months, you brought it into one month. Into one month, yeah. And what was your process for doing that? Because, I mean, a lot of people are probably also thinking about it. Because you did two things. You did the, the retail. And you did the why by cost. You launched a new, you know, digital technology company, but you mm -hmm. also did the bricks and mortar retail, car retail business as well. So you did two things in one month. Two things in one month, yeah. Well, uh, 
there was a lot of pressure, but uh, effectively what we've done is we've, we've taken the business and just opened up two new channels that we never had before. So we had the stock, the stock was sitting. We then went and established this tech company called Why Buy Cars and we built this amazing system that runs it. Uh, so it was more about training, marketing, and then changing a few processes, rebranding, and pushing it out on the new platform. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to say that it was pressure, it was sick pressure, but uh, it worked out well. So does that make you think now, because does that make you think what you applied in a month, does it, does it change things for you now? Do you, do you think that your team are scared of you? Because they're like, wow, we did that in a month. Maybe he's expecting us to do other things sooner. Are you seeing that when you've got that focus, that there's a lot more you can achieve now than you ever thought possible before? Has your mind shifted in that way? Yeah, definitely. So a lot of this drive comes from above me, from our CEO, uh, actually my brother always. He doesn't back down. He doesn't back down. Even a month is too long for him. So uh, it's actually a month because Isa said it would be a month and not, not 10 days. But if he'd have his way, it would be 10 days. So we're used to it. So usually this is what happens, always visions, things. And uh, Why Buy Cars was always his vision in December last year. So we were putting it together to launch September, October because we needed new stock for that platform. But then when the buyers hit, he said, okay, guys, this is what we're doing. So it comes from always, and I'm the one that puts everything together and gets the support from the team. And that, that's how we've been doing things. So Why Buy Cars is not the first thing that we've done in such a short space. We're known in the industry for not following the rules and not following the traditions and always being at the front of technology. When we do something, we do it very quickly. I'm not going to say that it always turns out successful, but uh, more than often it does. The team, is, uh, the team is very committed, and if we're doing a new project, I would always choose the best of them, especially during this COVID time. Everybody knew what the business needs, and they knew that why buy cars and opening up new channels to push out the same inventory would certainly help us and help us retain jobs and see us yeah. through. So we did get their commitment and right up until now, these guys are pretty good, they push fast. Is that the internal team or is that an external team using or a bit of both? It's a bit of both. Yeah. My marketing, marketing is external. Yeah. Uh, development is internal and external. And yeah. then the ops and sales is internal, obviously. But uh, it's only the best of the best. Uh, these guys are good. So, I mean, to get people to pivot and to buy into your vision and to work their, I'd imagine, their butts off over that time mm -hmm. takes good leadership, right? Because they've, they've got a, they're probably scared themselves. Or, I don't know, how did you find it? Yeah, I would say we all, we all were nervous because there's so much of investment, and especially if you... If you're launching in 30 days, you pay a premium for everything. So we were nervous, myself as well, very nervous that it needs to be a success. Right up until now, we're still nervous. We're still nervous, yeah. but it's going well, and every day it gets better. I think in terms of getting their buy-in, it's, it's very simple. All you've got to do is sit down with the guys and explain to them what you're doing and why you're doing it. That, that's really all it takes. 
yeah. and then to be a part of it yourself. So I'm a part of it every day, more so now than before, because this is the time that the business needs us. So day and night, we on to it with the guys. We have meetings, whether it's marketing, whether it's sales, whether it's the ops guys. We we on it the whole day and night sometimes. So it's non-stop, eh? And I mean, talking about leadership, because we spoke earlier, and I know that um, you, you know your faith is really important to you. But you you were, you were saying to me that it's more than the praying side of the faith. It's the the principles that you get from it, the, do you think that that, that that is crossed over into the business? Do you think that that's a big part of your success? Is your principles and your belief systems? Oh, certainly, certainly. So if I take you back, uh, I started personally seeing success in my life just for about the past eight years, I'd say. And the turning point was when I've started to get deeper down into Alfred. So Alfred teaches you how to be a person, how to be a man, how to conduct yourself in the everyday activities at home, in the business, with people on the street, with whoever it is. Uh, there's a lot of, Islam is just not all about praying. praying. Praying is the easy part of Islam. We can all fast, we can all read our salah, and give our charity. Those are very easy things, Ralph. But it's more than that that makes you a man. You must be able to deal with your anger, your pride, your arrogance, uh, humility, respect. This is, this is what we get deep down into. And yes, it definitely does make a difference. If you know how to conduct yourself, then you see people being positive around you and people start liking you. Mm. Uh, when that happens, everything just opens up. Mm. So it's so, so true, eh? So... And I mean, what, what do you think your biggest leadership principles are, your most successful ones? Because I know I that as a business, you've really focused on the customer. I mean, you're very proud of your, your, your you know, Woodford essentially is like the leading uh, organization on like Hello Peter and, and those sorts of platforms. Yeah. I mean, when did you realize that looking after the customer was so important to your business? Oh, it was, it was always there. So if I remember back in the day when I was a young boy in the business, and, uh, my dad used to always go out of his way for his customers. There was always a personal interaction, no matter who the customer was, how big, how small, how famous or not famous. My dad would always go out of his way, uh, sometimes even taking his personal client renting it out to customers in Cape Town during peak season. So that's, I think that's where we learned it from and that's always been the cornerstone of the business. We're just obviously taking it to a different level and uh, adding in technology to that. So yeah, if you talk about Hello Peter and Trustpilot, we are the leading on Hello Peter and Trustpilot. We haven't been getting much reviews these days because we're closed, but uh, we'll get but I mean, did it happen overnight, those rankings, do you think? Or, or has it taken a long time to develop? Is it something that if someone is looking to create, I mean, one of the, I was, I told you I was in the States in October, November, and I realized that their whole culture is around customer service. Like it really is around how do you make someone's, um, you know, journey really important. 
Yeah, so it, it never happened. It never it never happened overnight. It's very important to note that we don't have any international guidelines, so we're learning as we go along. So it took us a few years. I would and here internally, I personally don't like the word customer service. I call it customer excellence. Customer service is what everybody does. We do customer excellence. Customer excellence is the entire journey from the first interaction on your website to the after sales, after sales support, to the admin, the finance department. Customer excellence goes all the way. So it took us a good few years. I'm focusing on that for at least four to five years now. And you put in new technology, you get feedback from the customers, you then take things out that they don't like. It's, you have to understand the customer journey. You have to be there on the ground as well to monitor the customer journey. And that's, that's what it comes down to. Technology, efficiency, the way your team speaks, the way your team walks, everything about them just must, must give off the brand. Yeah. And then you had some logos and things also to reinforce it, right? On your... Yeah. So that's what our slogan, uh, Powered by Passion. Powered yeah, by this Passion. Is, yeah, this is a very passionate company. We're very passionate about what we do. Uh, so we came up with that about two and a half years ago with my marketing team. Uh, it's called yeah. Powered by Passion. And then I actually took the idea from one of the hotel groups where they make their employees wear these badges close to their heart. So it actually gets into the guys, Powered by Passion. Okay. And, and I mean, you were telling me before lockdown that you... I, I was kind of giggling because we're a media company and... and we had so much paper before, but you were saying to me that they used the whole company for the whole month used eight reams. Was yeah. it eight boxes or eight reams of paper? Eight reams. Eight reams. Eight reams of paper. So, which is unusual because normally everybody's signing things, pieces of paper, but you do it all electronically. So, you'd in a way already digitized your whole business. Yeah, so we, we spend a lot on technology. We have in-house developers. The software that we use then to run our business is uh, off-the-shelf software from, from the States. It's a leading car rental software. And we're always at the forefront looking for new things. So we went paperless, I think, in November last year. So we're not new to it. Uh, signing electronic documents and uploading driver's licenses, passports. So we've been doing that for a while now. Yeah. Uh, as we all seen during this lockdown period, everything is possible digitally and it saves you a lot of time and stress. The main thing is that we have a paper trail and that's, that was very important for me. It was frustrating me that two years down the line we couldn't find a customer's driver's license or we couldn't find his ID document, you know, if there was an insurance claim that came up or something. Uh, the guys had to go to the filing room. That, that's what actually inspired me to take it a step further. So now everything is paperless and it's stored on our service for five years. We then remove it and you add on new stuff to make space. So, I mean, you're also saying that you love technology and you love to innovate and those sorts of things. And I suppose that's where your, your speed of change for things like why buy cars is so effective. Yes. So, I mean, we, with why buy cars when you spoke to me about it initially i was like wow um i i, I think this 
I was so excited for you. I was like, wow, I mean, you've got it. You're doing the auctioning and you're doing the, the, the car rental. To put in the leasing in a tech way um, was, for me, on the outside, really exciting. <laughs> so when you phoned me and you're like, yeah, this is what we're doing, Ralph. And we've, you know, I think you said you sold like close to 100 in the first month. Or yeah. I don't know if it was more than that or around about there. And I was like, wow. I mean, that's not only do you build it, but you executed in a way that you actually delivered, you know, returns really quickly. And I think that kudos to you and the team for that. Um, do you see it? Do you see this growing? Because I mean, if I look in the UK and the US, these something like this, there's a lot more leasing that generally does happen. But in South Africa, there is a challenge to things like leasing. But you put a different spin in it. I mean, you're doing it for people who are blacklisted, which is another uh, unique solution, really. For, so for those people who are blacklisted, they can go and lease a car for three to six months, a brand new, a brand new car. Brand new car, yeah. Well, thanks, Ralph. Uh, and thanks to you. You're the one that told me, make sure you, you position this company as a tech company. So I make sure I do that. I've got the best developers onto it. And, uh, we're maintaining that tech front. Yeah, YY Cars has a lot of potential. Uh, I think there was no better time than now for various reasons. Uh, internally, the position that we found ourselves in, and then externally, the market, people not wanting to use public transport, people being blacklisted, more people being denied car finance. There's just so many reasons I can keep talking about them. So when we launched, it hit the ground running, and it's picking up speed every day. Every day, I'm so happy about it. Uh, the amazing part is the people are approaching me. So there's all these brilliant marketing ideas that we, we're going ahead with and you'd see us all around, but it's actually people approaching me. They're hearing about it and they're buying into the brand and they're believing in it and they're approaching me and saying, don't, don't you want to use me? I've got this technique and we can do this and we can do that. So actually today I've got two other calls. One was before you and one is after, but big marketing guys that have approached me to help us take this uh, forward. In the first month, our target was 100 units on the road, uh, which equates to about two and a half million rand worth of turnover. We never reached 100, we got to about 85% of that. And in month two, we had to adjust the target. So we said that we're gonna do about 250. I can tell you now on the 15th of the month, we just have about 30% left of that target to reach. So it's going, it's going really well. And there is a lot of potential. Uh, leasing, is, leasing is the way to go and it is the future of having a car. It's just in South Africa that we've got to change the mindset. South Africa people want to own their cars. And I'm not sure why, but nobody wants to lease the car. Car should be seen as something that you take on a contract, such like a cell phone, and then upgrade it every year, upgrade it every six months. You shouldn't be investing into this car and then keeping it for five years, no. So that's what why buy cars is. We're hoping that we teach people a new way of owning a car or having a car. It's a I mean, generally it's a depreciating asset. So in a way, you're doing them a favor by getting them to invest in the right things. Yeah, 100%. And we'd see more success once we open up to the more premium markets. Right now we're using the stock that we have, so it's three entry-level vehicles. 
yeah. but the plans are in future and there's so many calls for it from my local community my friends etc because as you go higher up that's when your car depreciates even more so there's a lot of calls i remember you even calling me once last year about leasing yeah yeah i, I think i think leasing is the future i agree with you and i, and I saw that in the 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 uk so we had friends who'd like if you want the new boxster porsche for, it, for instance you'd lease it for two or three years or a year and mm. and you, so you have a bit of fun because i buy sports cars but then i trade them in quickly i get bored almost so after two months i'm like semi-bored and i don't want to put more kilometers on it so so i think it, and there's probably a lot of people like that who realize that it's not an appreciating asset but they want to experience different bits of fun so and i think why did i phone you because i know that you're agile i know that you're someone that will look at things and like you have already you know you're someone who who will find a solution to the problem right so yeah, well, my, my car definitely addresses that. Uh, you could have a new car every three or six months even, not even 12 months, and you lose nothing. You have your upfront cost, it includes maintenance, insurance, includes tracking, everything, everything in one. All you got to do is set aside that money for the period of time and you're driving whatever you wish. So I think that's really good, especially with this new sort of gig economy and people looking at doing their own things so they might not need a car forever or they, they can sell their car that they've got and then rather invest in a leased car for when they need it, right? I mean, I, I wrote to you and I said, what about Uber drivers? You know? Yeah. So we, we're staying away from that for now. Uh, Uber drivers tend to rack up the mileage in the car. So <laughs> it wouldn't work too well for us, yeah. We we budgeting on like three thousand to four thousand kilometers a month. They do about ten thousand. So this model doesn't work for them. Okay. But isn't it unusual though that you've gone into tech, but you've also gone into traditional, um, you know, retail opportunity as well? Um, it just begs that question. There's always opportunities, and and so, do, I mean, you saying now you want to scale up the retail as well? Yeah, so there's, I, I believe that anything can be done better. So anything that we do right now, we're seeing it every day that we're doing something, but it's mundane and technology just comes and turns it upside down on its head. And that's what my bike cars, it's exactly what it does. If you strip the technology out, it's, it's just merely leasing a car, but here we're doing it differently. Uh, where you apply online and the same day you get your approval, fetch your car in the same day, you manage your statements, manage your account, you manage your tracking, everything online. Uh, so it's, it's what you've always been doing, but just in a better way and in the palm of your hand. And quicker. I suppose a lot of people worry, will they get finance? And that finance portion takes sometimes two, three days just to get the approval for the finance as well if you don't have the cash. Oh, it takes longer than that. So when we were building uh, Y by cars, I was doing some searches and applying for some finance to see how it works. And I'm still waiting for my response. <laughs> so it's gone six weeks now. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my response. So do you think there's a lot of still room? I mean, th that seems to be it, doesn't it? It's, it's like the innovation is around 
so many things that can be done better. It's not necessarily new ideas. It's just a better customer experience. It's like you said, you want your customer experience to be the best and using technology helps flow that quicker, right? Yeah, so that's what Why Buy Cars is about. It's about technology and making everything easier, pulling out all the stops, making everything transparent. We get customers walking here every day that are blacklisted and they're paying exorbitant fees because they're blacklisted to lease these same cars. Literally, I mean, they pay like 100% more than the price that we're giving them uh, at. So, for example, we're giving out the Toyota Corolla at 6,000 rand a month. There was a customer who walked in here paying 14,000 rand a month just because he's blacklisted. Uh, but for us, it's no discrimination. Whether you're blacklisted or not, we're going to make it as affordable as, as we can. So that's your other goal, to make it affordable, get lots of customers going through. And I mean, what do you think there's so many blacklisted people for in South Africa? Do you think it's that, is it the rate of interest? Because I know that your religion doesn't really enjoy things like interest. Is it, is it interest that's causing these problems? Is it, what do you think it is? Or is it just um, organizations taking advantage of, of customers and they're going to get caught out? Yeah, I think it's, it, there's a few factors. So obviously the economy, people lose their jobs. That's the obvious reason. But then a lot goes into people not understanding what they're signing up for, especially in our country. So yeah. you sign these loan agreements or you sign up with these loan shops or whatever it is. And they, they don't have any clue what, they, what they're signing for and the rates of interest. It's then six months down the line that they catch up. What, what has happened and they stop paying so they get blacklisted. There's also very strange reasons people are blacklisted for very small amounts. So the guy is earning 100K a month, but you see he's blacklisted just for four or 500. And I think that's, that's industry companies taking advantage of their customers because surely that guy would have settled the four or 500 and so. Perhaps they're too quick to blacklist. You also have divorce cases, people losing massive divorce suits and having to fork out large sums of money. Uh, so then you find they have judgments on their names because they can't cope with that either. There's, yeah. there's, a, lot, and there's a lot of good people out there that have these small defaults on their name. So that's your, your prime opportunity really. And I mean, how are you seeing moving outside of South Africa? Is that something for the business as a whole that you'd consider into the rest of Africa? Or are you focused really strongly on South Africa at the moment? Well, our personal uh, goals and intentions are all within the borders right now. At a later stage, if we have to list the business or take on any equity partners, I think that's where we would consider expanding out of the borders. We do what we do very well, and I think there's so much more potential. Even though we're the largest independently owned car hire company, we just take now about 11% of the market. So there's so much of opportunity for us. So where, where would you go? You'd be looking at like 25% or greater, or you know, so where do you, because I mean, your organizations like Hertz, who have gone into bankruptcy now in the US, um, yeah. Does that affect the local guys here? I wouldn't want to comment on, on, on that, but uh, definitely there is opportunity for us locally post COVID-19. Our goal with the uh, Y by Cars is to have about 10,000 vehicles on the road within the first three years. So 
that would be about 30-35% market share. Sure. That's quite ambitious, eh? So, yes, yeah, so we are rather aim high. So, if we don't do 10,000, I'll still do 9,000 and I'll be happy with that. I'll take 28% market share. Okay. So, there's still lots of opportunity in South Africa. I mean, you're still seeing there's plenty of, of opportunities here. Yeah, there's, there's great opportunities, and especially post COVID 19, whoever comes out comes out much stronger. So it's going to be very positive. I mean, there could be nothing worse than what just happened to everyone. So where to from here? It could only be upwards. It's only one way it could go. For sure. I mean, if you guys had to like give your five like tips or principles for success, what would they be? Your 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 three to five top principles of success okay, as an organisation or or. Okay, so it's number one is service excellence. Put your customers first. Listen to what your customers are saying. The customers say, yeah, you, and, and they must see you making the changes. I mean, it's one thing to ask for feedback, but then when a customer sees that you implemented the changes that they make, uh, that they've recommended, then that takes you to another level. That's really important. Technology. If if you're not gonna evolve your business, then you you're gonna fall behind. You're going to fall behind. You're going to get some new kid on the block that just comes and takes you out because they're using technology but doing the same thing that you're doing in essence. Thirdly is the team that you surround yourself with. Uh, very important. Show them good leadership. Make them a part of everything. Make them believe in everything and incentivize. We incentivize very well here at Whitford. On a sales level, on a customer service level, guys earn points, they earn commissions. There's always something that they're earning more than their salary. And that gets them to push. And even it makes the, fam the family at home starts to push them. Hey, you've got to go to work. You've got to earn that incentive. You've got to bring it home. So those are my top three. Uh, the last two is relationships. Very important. A lot of the relationships here at Woodford go back before my time. And a lot of those independent service providers have grown with the business. Their businesses have grown as well. So it's those relationships. And lastly, respect and humility. Apply respect and humility in all dealings. It just, even no matter how big you are or how successful you are, and no matter who you're speaking to, you could break down anyone and get anyone on your side just with respect and humility. Yeah. There's an old story about the guy that walked into my, like a, Porsche or something. It was in in raggy, ragged old jeans and a t-shirt, and he looked like a little bit of a hobo. And then the salesperson ignored him, and he says, "It's such a pity because I really wanted to buy that car, but I'm not going to buy it off you now because of the way you yeah. you've treated me." So it's it's that old story, right, about respect and and treat everybody as a buyer, treat everybody in the same yeah, way. Yeah, it gets you, and I'm sure you personally know this yourself. Uh, no matter who you could be sitting with, uh, which minister or whichever business leader, if you, and you could be how small you are or first time you're meeting them, but if you just apply respect and humility, you'd see that person just hold on to you and help you with whatever you need. It is that, right? 
But I mean, I mean, you're part of a family business. You work with your brother. Your dad started a business really similar to our business. Okay. So my dad started the business 20 odd years ago. We, we were working in the business when he started it. But, 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 but I mean, for you, a lot of, I get the impression a lot of people think success is like it's always been there or it's immediate. Like for us, we went through some, some very demanding periods where it was like close many times. Um, I, I mean, for you do, you, do you think success is an overnight thing? Do you think it can be? Do you think with things like technology, there's young people who can disrupt things? Do you think they need to be patient? Or do you think there is a, a level of building that needs to happen Yeah, so I think that foundation is very important. You could achieve success very quickly, but not have a strong foundation. So it could go south very quickly as well. So very important to have a good solid foundation. And yes, we have also been in the business since a very young age, since before I finished school on weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, messing around. But we were still involved and still seeing what's, what's going on. And uh, <clears throat> I think, my dad trained us quite well, so he did his part and took the business to a certain level and then he gave us our space. He gave us our space and you know, let us make, he, made, he allowed us to make these mistakes and he'd always be there to guide us and help us out of it. And I'm seeing a similar thing now with the, my brother. So my brother is the CEO, but he doesn't really get involved uh, in the business. It's more that uh, he touches base with me once or twice a day and guides me and helps me, yes, whenever there's a big issue, I'm going up to him to resolve it. But uh, I think that, that works a lot. And it helps you to, to maintain the unity in the family business if everybody understands their roles and gives each other space to perform. Because I, I believe that anyone will be successful. There's just different ways of being successful and different ways of doing things. Uh, there's no correct way or no incorrect way. So you've got to allow everyone their space and their time. Which is, I suppose, the, the harder thing, right? So, so I mean, if, you, if you're looking at the future of Woodfords uh, and, you know, why buy cars, what are you seeing? Oh, it's very positive. As I told you, there's going to be a lot of opportunity, firstly, in the car hire industry. Maybe not immediate, but uh, we should start seeing that as early as January next year. Uh, with Y by cars, it's really exciting. You can't understand how exciting it is, and especially to see, to see that vision open up and to see the cars go out in these large numbers that we, that we had targeted for. Uh, it's really rewarding. So yes, the 10,000 vehicles on the road in three years is really optimistic, but uh, I'm sure we'll get pretty close to that. So you, your growth rate's gone like 100 almost, You've almost doubled your sales in one month. In two weeks, you've doubled your sales. But we're not going to see that. We're not going to see that immediately because remember, the car hire business is closed. So it still all reports back to the group. And as a group, we yeah. report in our financials. So we're not going to see the innovation that. Innovation unit, it's, it's killing it right now in terms of okay. exponentially growing at a rate, monthly exponentially. That division, yeah, that division is growing. It still needs to grow more than that. So that's why I said that 
I'm, I'm on it every day with the marketing guys, new marketing techniques, and it's very important when you're independent that you don't blow the budget very quickly. Marketing is not cheap, and advertising is not cheap. It can really drain you. So we're looking at strategic ways to take the product out there. For sure. It, it is important, right? So looking after, conserving your cash to get the best return. 100%, especially in these times, there is not much cash. So you really got to work yourself uh, intelligently and plan things properly. Wow. So it was awesome to speak to you. I think it was great to get a, an insight into a business in many ways that has sort of closed because of COVID, but how you've pivoted. And I thought it was just the one, but it's two businesses yeah. that, you're, that you're doing. And it just shows that, that we just got to work harder. It's not about giving up or saying what now it's an attitude right it's saying we've got to find a way to do other things um yeah so there's what would your advice be to young people out there oh my the, the most important thing that i remember at times when i'm down is don't stop and i can tell you we don't stop uh, and my brother always tells me keep busting it up as long as what you're doing is it's correct and you're not doing anyone down and you're praying five times a day, keep busting it up, don't stop. That's, that's, what, uh, that's how we live our life. So nothing takes us down. We just continue going. There's going to be blows and you're going to fall down, but trust me, when, when you rise, you rise much stronger. And that so don't, stop is, don't stop. Yeah. I try and focus on small wins. <laughs> So I'd imagine when you did your first deal, it must have felt good. When you did your 10th one, it felt even better. Cracking 100 must have felt like you'd taken on the world, I'd imagine. But that, that would have been my sort of... Yeah. Well, 100 was our first goal, so that's actually a small goal for us, Ralph. 100 was the first win. That was the first win, yeah. That was the first win, yeah. So now it's 1,000. Well, for this month, it's 250. Yeah pushing to get to 250. So you just break it down, the goals, you break them down into bite-sized chunks. We've got the whole thing mapped out for the next three years. We've got the whole thing mapped out, how many we're going to do each month and how it's going to grow, etc. So we're working towards it. I'm, 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 I'm one that has to plot everything out and plan and strategize. Uh, everything must be on paper. The team needs to know the goals. The stakeholders will beat the technology partners or my developers and I even get them involved. You know, the developers, they're just designing the software. That's what many would think. But when you get your developer under your skin and get him involved and make him understand how well this is doing and share everything with him, then you see a whole new level of development and you see a whole new level of commitment. They just give you these products that are amazing and they, they add to your vision, even what you never thought about. So they're giving you twice as much because they're inspiring you back, right? That's the... Exactly, yeah. So it's just about plotting everything down clearly and having the whole team know these goals and then updating them regularly. This is where we are. This is where we're heading. Okay, we made the first one. What happens when they think the goals are too ambitious or too audacious? Is that why you break it down a little bit? Or, I mean... Oh, trust me, our, our team thinks that a lot. And, and they know that we're very ambitious. But as I told you, if we don't make 10,000, we'll do 9,000. 
and 9,000 in three years is amazing. So that's good enough. Yes, that's what it is. But if I aim for 9,000, I'm just going to do 8,000. So. Okay. So t- and 10,000 is a nice number. 10 is a good number. <laughs> it's a good number. Well, we wish you the best of luck and we're there to cheer you along. Um, I think what you're doing is absolutely awesome. I think, I think there's a lot of people that, that need it, but I think more than that, there's probably a lot of people in desperate situations, like you said, you've got challenging financial situations, but they still need that freedom of movement and they still need a car and they still need an affordable rate to, to do things. Um, I'm always inspired by your level and your commitment to customer service. It's when I go into any of your uh, kiosks, I'm always, I, I love your team. They're so friendly and they're so nice and you can just see they're, they're living the brand. And I think that you're a great example for all South Africans. Um, really, I do. I think that um, those organizations that I enjoy the most are those that make me feel good. And that's quite an easy thing, but it's actually a hard thing to get everybody to do it consistently. And I think that you've really done a great job of doing that. So kudos to you for that. Uh, thanks, Ralph. Thanks for the opportunity and for always supporting us. From our side, we're constantly changing, so you'd never find the same thing on every visit. You'll find something new, always something new. And that's how we stay ahead of the pack. And uh, I can tell you we're going to keep doing that and we're going to look out for more ways that we can impress our customers and make things easier for everyone and accessible to everyone. That, that's my goal now. Yeah. Now, kudos to you because I think you've taken a very difficult moment and you've not made one opportunity but two. So, <laughs> frightening but amazing. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Rob. I appreciate everything. Have a great support. day with that, the marketing company and good luck. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Bye-bye.